0: Welcome to the Drink Less, Live More podcast. If you are someone that is wanting to evaluate your relationship with alcohol, you've come to the right place. You don't have to call yourself anything. We don't have to use any labels. You're just someone that knows something isn't working for you and you want to make an intentional change. Let's go. Welcome back, my friends, to Drink Less, Live More. I am recording this episode kind of just willy-nilly, to be honest. I haven't been doing a lot of prep, which I haven't really done throughout this whole process, but sometimes I'll spend more time prepping for a podcast, and other times I'll be like, you know what? I know what I want to say. I just want to speak from the heart and just say it. So that's kind of where this is coming from. So if it's not real polished, which none of my podcasts really are, I kind of like it that way. It feels more real to me. Um, There's a reason why. Because there wasn't a ton of prep. It was more just thoughts that I wanted to jot down a few notes on a piece of paper and to hit record. So we're going to jump in. Before we jump in, I am always looking for topics that you're interested in. So, you know, I know everybody's at a different place in their relationship with alcohol. Some of you have not been drinking for, you know, a year. Some of you had just started a dry January. Some of you are still thinking about it and you're still drinking no problem. There are no rules as far as this goes. We're really just here to kind of learn together and support one another, um, especially for those of us that are maybe just a few steps ahead of some others. Um, And then, of course, we want to pay that, you know, forward and backward as well. So if you are considering something a little deeper for this relationship with alcohol, because we all know if you've tried to stop drinking, we all know it's not just about the alcohol. It is so much deeper than that. There's so many other things going on that we just can't possibly be aware of until we tackle this thing that has been a great escape tactic for probably for most of us, most of our adult lives. So if you look, if you're looking for something deeper, you can join my 90 day program. I know 90 days sounds like a lot. It's just once a week that you log in, you get about 20 minutes of learning, you get some guide sheets to kind of help you uh, with some journaling and some prompts there. If you're not a writing journaler, like many of us are not anymore, you can always actually just do it in a PDF format that's editable. So you can do it that way. Of course, we know the science behind writing things down, but I get it. Like sometimes we just got to meet ourselves where we are at um, and what's going to really stick for us. So I if you're you know interested in that, rachelpritz.com, you can see all those offerings under programs. And you can also even do the 14-day break from booze, even if you just came off of a dry January. There's still lots of opportunity there to continuously learn about why you either are craving alcohol now or maybe you're not. You know, like what is going on here and then how do you manage that? So some of this episode is going to be just about that first year of expectations that I had that were unmet. So some of you may just be at the early stages of discovering some of these things. So when I'm talking about unmet expectations, I'm talking about them. First, we're going to talk about them with not drinking alcohol for a whole year. So some of the unmet expectations I had. So we're going to talk through those and then I'm going to flip the script and we're going to talk through unmet expectations as far as alcohol goes. Like what were the things that I had always expected from alcohol because I was told that these things were gonna happen. And they didn't really pan out when I really sat back and looked at it. So we're gonna start uh, with unmet expectations of taking a break from alcohol. I think one of the very biggest ones that I hear from women in particular is that they have this expectation that they're gonna be so healthy and they are going to lose weight just alone from the alcohol, they're like, I'm going to lose weight because I'm not ingesting all those calories or not taking in as many calories. And then that doesn't happen. And there's many reasons why it's a complex, you know, reason why sometimes we don't lose weight when we do quit quit drinking. Um, I'm going to share with you mine in particular. So many of you will say or comment on my TikToks, you'll say, you know, hey, I didn't lose an ounce of weight, but that's because all I did was eat sugar because I had so many sugar cravings. And if you are in that space, I would highly recommend going back and listening to Dr. Brooke Scheller's episode. She is a doctor of nutrition and she focuses in on functional sobriety. So how can we actually help support what we're um, doing by the foods and the things that we're putting in our body and even the timing of it? She talked a lot about blood sugar and how it's really important to Not let yourself bottom out during that witching hour of maybe 4 to 6 p.m. And to give yourself, you know, a good balance of protein and carbohydrates and all those things. So um, she also has a book, How to uh, Eat to Change How You Drink. So anyway, that's my last plug for her. I think she's awesome. Follow her on all the socials, too. She's got great information that's very scientifically validated, which I love. So I personally did not experience the sugar stuff. Um, but I was seeing a functional medicine doctor at the time. So I think we were working on the like biology side of things and physiology side of things. And I didn't even know that was happening. So I didn't have that experience, but I really thought I'm drinking a lot less calories. I certainly have to be losing weight. I was exercising a fair amount. Actually, my workouts were getting so much better without alcohol. Um, and so I was exercising very consistently. I didn't let myself down there. I was doing that. I was eating healthy. And I think I lost maybe seven, eight pounds within the first, you know, six months. I felt better. I had more energy. Obviously, I had less anxiety. You know, there were all these other benefits outside of just weight loss. But I did have that expectation. And I can tell you, just based on the women I've worked with, the posts i made on TikTok, people are pissed about this. Like, this is infuriating. And if you're in your, you know, late 30s, 40s and above, like, you're starting to have a lot of challenges there anyway, um, just because of, you know, hormone shifts and all those things. So I think it's just frustrating for us. We think like we're depriving ourselves of this thing we really want to do, which is alcohol in this case, and it didn't even pay off. So then that in turn will oftentimes drive us right back to our old habit. You know, like, let's just keep drinking the way we were. It doesn't matter anyway. So that is a big one. Um, you know, a lot of experts will say it could take six months to a year to have your body really like Stabilize and balance out. And that can feel daunting too. So, you know, I don't want to say like, oh my gosh, well, you just got to stick it out for a whole year and then you'll get the results. I had very, I would call them mild results from quitting drinking with my body and weight loss. Um, So that was a very, I think, significant unmet expectation. The other thing I really expected was that I would just be happy. Like, all the time, I would just be happy. And I think this is just an expectation that we're sold, even outside of using alcohol, that's just a load of shit, you know? Like, that we're supposed to be happy all the time. It's just not true. And so I think I, th- I just thought, well, without alcohol, certainly I'll just be a lot happier. And I had to deal with a ton of emotions. If you listen to my episode from last week where I talked about apathy, I'm still dealing with all of those emotions three years In, but I'm learning to feel them and allow for those to be there. That is where our pain and suffering comes from. We try to avoid the negative emotions. And then, of course, that has us running back to alcohol and all sorts of other things to manage that because it feels icky. We don't know how to do it. No one taught us how to do it. So I feel like that was a really big one for me is just like the kind of, oh, why do I feel melancholy today? Why do I feel sad? I didn't drink. I haven't drank anything for six months. Why, you know, why do I feel like this? And that's just the human experience. So I do want to share that with you, that you will have that experience, you know? I mean, it's just, there's no way around it. We do, or I personally found that I had a lot less lower lows. I would just have sort of like that, oh, I'm kind of sad or melancholy, or I'm angry, or God forbid, I am enraged, which if you're a woman listening to this, you know what I'm talking about. Um, You just couldn't really like you can't really share that kind of stuff. So it's like we try to avoid it instead of feeling it in the moment. And then it does go away like it doesn't stay there forever. Most emotions don't stick around for all that long. So I think that was a big one for me. And just like, I don't know, like, gosh, yeah, like this. I had this idea this whole emotional, beautiful world would open up. So I had less lower lows. I would say that is true. And I think the higher highs were a bit higher. Uh, But I just, you know, expected like I would have more of those higher highs. And I just don't think that's the human experience to have constant high highs. So we have to kind of settle in with what is, what is reality. And really, I was kind of just neutral a lot of the time. during that year-long break. And so I was like, oh, okay, I guess we don't get to just be happy and joy-filled and know exactly what we want to do at all times. Um, And then we do them, you know? So that was a big, big unmet expectation for sure. I would say relationships was another one. So even like my, in my, inside of my marriage, I kind of had an expectation just because I'd heard other people say, oh, if you quit drinking, your relationship gets so much better. And I 100 percent believe that, but not necessarily in the short term. So we were having a lot more hard conversations when I quit drinking and we still are today Um, because I was clear about what it is I wanted. I was clear about my boundaries I was clear about my own needs. And that's because I just didn't have the alcohol clouding that mental clarity that I really needed. And oftentimes when I wanted to have a hard conversation with my husband, that felt too hard. So I would go open a bottle of wine and then that would go away. You know, that all those thoughts that I wanted to share with him would, would just go away. And if they didn't go away and I drank too much, they would come out sideways. And so then it was like, those weren't even good conversations. They weren't productive conversations. They were just me venting and him leaving, feeling like he just has totally been crapped on, you know, and like they're like, you know, he would get defensive and we didn't get anywhere with those conversations when I was drinking. So at the beginning, we had a lot more of those conversations and I kind of learned how to do that, how to make space for that, even with little kids running around or my kids aren't so little anymore. But, you know, even with kids running around, you can do this. You can find the space to have these hard conversations. So at the beginning, I think he was like, good Lord, (laughs) like, can you just start drinking again? You know, I mean, he never said that, but I think it was probably like, wow, there's just a lot here. But I really think he appreciated the clarity that I had around what I was asking. And I was very cautious with the words that I used to specifically not put him on the defensive and to share my experience. And that was really helpful. When you're drinking wine, you can't possibly be that intentional. You just can't. Like your brain is like, ah, whatever. Like, it's kind of like you got ADHD brain. Like you can't, you know, um, pinpoint the words you want to use. And so that was a really big one. So it was hard at first. And then that one did get better. But I had this expectation we would just be everything would be perfect. But it was like, no, if anything, I had to take the rose color glasses off and see where all the challenges were. So, but I will say three years into this whole journey, I am happier and healthier in my marriage than I've ever been. So it pays off. It just takes some time to pay off. So some other unmet expectations. I think I expected everybody just to accept it. Like just to be like, oh, you're not drinking. And to like want to even talk about it with me, not in a like, why aren't you drinking? But like, I wanted them. I almost had like an unwritten contract that I wanted them to agree with what I was doing, and maybe even also do it with me. And I think that was subconscious that I had that contract because I was like, "Oh, you do whatever you want to do," you know. I, and you know, at the time, I really thought I meant that. But I really just wanted people to just fully support me, have no challenges there. Every time I came to something, I wanted them to, you know, provide me with alcohol-free options. And I wanted them to consider me, you know, it was just, it was really in some ways, kind of like when I'm thinking about it now, like, wow, what an ego that I thought that everybody in the world should just embrace everything I'm doing and notice it and love it and nurture it. That did not happen. I didn't have many people in my life that challenged me around it. Like, why are you doing that? That's stupid. At least they didn't verbalize it to me. Uh, But I did have some uncomfortable conversations where it was kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm just not drinking. I'm doing, you know, uh, a little experiment, seeing how I feel like I just don't want to drink. It doesn't make me feel good. And you could just see like the wheels turning for people. And I really did learn to separate the the personalization of that versus just that they're, you know, dealing with all their own crap as we all are. And so as you're talking about it, they might be thinking whatever. You know, they could be thinking that's dumb. I don't know why she would do that. I love drinking. They might be thinking, gosh, you know, that sounds kind of nice. Maybe I should try that. Or they might be thinking, you know what? This is my last drink. I'm going to do that tomorrow. You know, we have no idea what they're thinking because they're processing it. Like they're still doing it in real time. I don't think you can possibly have clarity around something until you've been able to step away from it for a bit. You know, I, I just don't think most of us do. We have to have time to process it, reflect on it and really gain the learning from it. So that was kind of a big one. I had this expectation that everybody would just love what I was doing. Um, I had the just thought that I thought my some of my family was like embarrassed by it, which was so interesting to me. You know, I grew up in a very German household where everybody drank, not really to excess. I had some great granddads that were a mess, like total drunks, but not like in my immediate family or even in my grandparents. You know, I didn't really see a lot of that, you know. And so it was like. I just think they didn't get it. They were like, well, wait, so what? You're not going to have wine at dinner? You're not going to, you know, it just seemed really awkward to me. And quite frankly, I have still yet to really have that direct conversation with a few of them specifically. Um, But I don't feel like I need to. Like I'm this far into it and I'm just like, I just do what I do. You know, they're kind of used to it. Like this is just who I am. They forgot who I was four years ago drinking bottles of wine on end. So I think that was another big Expectation I had that didn't really pan out. And I'm telling you this not to like have it be a downer. I'm telling you this because there's a chance you're going to experience some of this if you're new to this journey. So let's flip the script a bit and talk about the unmet expectations of alcohol. If you've listened to some of my other episodes, you've heard some of these things already, but it's just, I think, good for us to continuously remind ourselves. It's good for me to continuously remind myself about all the things that alcohol told us it was going to do for us and it didn't. I think the first one is that it was going to bring me out of my shell and make me more authentic. And I've talked to so many women about this one. It felt like when you had that drink, oh, the social anxiety went away. Oh, I feel like I can be more loose with what I want to say. And, you know, maybe that's partially true. But then you get more than one drink into it and suddenly... You're not exactly the person you want to be. You're doing things that go against your own values and your own idea of what's right and wrong. And that's part of the reason why we wake up feeling shame. Because it goes against what our spirit and inner knowing is actually telling us. So that makes so much sense. So I think that was a really big one. When I did not drink anything for a whole year, I got so dang clear about who I am. And I'm still very clear about who I am, what I like, what I want to do. And that has been beautiful and so empowering. So I just want to remind you, this is not making you more authentic. I did post a TikTok a while back and I just said, when you're the only one at a table not drinking and you notice the couples, like the shifts between couples that are there and like one drinking and all of a sudden you get the scowls and you get the looser talk and There's no judgment around that. My husband and I have been that couple as well. Um, But he was just noticeable. And there were a lot of comments that just said, hey, you know, I think that's because we can finally speak our mind. And I'm like, maybe. But to my point earlier, are we really speaking what is our truth or are we just speaking from emotion and whatever is popping into our brain without being intentional? And I think it's the latter. So... I don't find it to bring any ounce of authenticity out in me. I actually feel like it totally dulls my spirit. And I'm not the person that I really know I can be and I want to be with alcohol. So unmet expectation one of alcohol. I think the second one is that it's going to help you relax and help your stress. And it does real time. So it kind of cheats on us a little bit here because it does that real time. You know, you do feel that like, oh, feels so warm and cozy. That one first glass of wine hits so nice, you know, and it does feel that way. And then, you know, you wake up the next morning and it certainly does not feel that way. So I think there's just a lot there as far as stress goes. I think we've been sold in media and I see it so much now since I've been on this journey for three years, so much now that the way that you unwind after a hard day is that you drink wine. Or if you had a hard day at the office, sometimes you drink in the office, you know, like you see that all the time. Um, If they're having a hard conversation, they're like, "Okay, let's pour a bourbon and walk around the office and talk, you know, and it's like, whoa, this is so interesting to me because this is not the way to be our best selves in these conversations. And because it's hard, we're going to use the alcohol to run away from it. So I think that's true from just like a relationship standpoint work. But it was also true for my body. It was putting so much more stress on my body and my body was inflamed, which I have the proof of that from lab work that I've had done over the last three years. And I've seen it consistently improve and and improve and improve and finally got back to kind of this baseline. My cholesterol was much lower. All these things were lower. My cortisol is much lower. You know, I wear the aura ring, which I know I've talked to all of you about previously. And that talks about just that I am at a space where, like, I have a healthy amount of stress. Like, we all have some stress, but it's not holding me back or it's not debilitating. It's not affecting my health, which we all know our level of stress directly impacts every aspect of our health, period. Like, there is no way around that. So that was a really big one for me. I think the stress component was big. Um, I think I had the unmet <laughs> expectation with alcohol that... I would be just generally happier. So when we talk about like the happiness thing, I really thought that drinking made me happy. And then I started having the anxiety and some of the other things pop up and I'm like, I'm happy in the morning. And honestly, like in my 20s, I woke up a lot and I was like, I'm perfectly happy. Nothing changed from yesterday. You know, like I, I would drink and I didn't have that same experience. Now, I was not emotionally intelligent then, so maybe I was, and I was just bypassing it all, which is why I'm now working against myself in some ways, or not against myself, but working double time to unravel all of that because I spent so many years just shoving it down like so many of us do. And so I did have that uh, that expectation that alcohol would make me happy. And because it does have a chemical component and it does give us a little dopamine kick, it does like there. I mean, there is some truth to that, but it's just not the key to long term happiness. And when I started recognizing that, I'm like, oh, this is actually too much happiness. <laughs> it's giving me too much at once. And that's the problem because my brain's like, whoa, 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 whoa. We got to balance this out. Let's do something here to to shift this. So I think there's just, you know, so many unmet expectations. These are is just, just the tip of the iceberg. I like to keep the episodes fairly short for people. So I'm just getting your wheels spinning of what are some of these unmet expectations that you have discovered, both with and without alcohol, and just notice them. Like, that's all I ask you. Just notice. That is interesting, isn't it? If you are somebody that likes to write things down, write it down. Record a little message for yourself. Do whatever it takes to just capture that new bit of insight that you're gaining. That's what this whole journey is about, is noticing building the awareness, and then turning that awareness into wisdom so we can make long-term lasting change. Progress over perfection all day long. Have a great week. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you can be reminded for my weekly Wednesday episodes. If you're curious about my programs and options of ways to work with me, check out rachelpritz.com And if that's not interesting to you right now, no problem. Just keep listening along for free. Either way, I'm here for you.